Hi, just a heads up that in this podcast, the topics of sexual assault and body image are discussed. Please be gentle with yourself and know that if these are difficult areas for you, there are plenty of other past and upcoming episodes to check out. Thanks. Everyone has a relationship with gender. What's your story? Hello and welcome to Gender Stories with your host, Dr. Alexian Taffy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Gender Stories. I am thrilled to be interviewing my good friend and um, speaker, video maker, activist and consultant Erica Hanna. She's a six times Emmy Award winner, a Nobel Peace Prize Forum social media ambassador. She's been voted Twitter personality for Minneapolis. She's also the owner of Pew Crimbo, a business focusing on content strategy, video production, speaking, and also offering educational workshops. And in her spare time, which I don't think is that spare really, she raises funds for nonprofit at Charity Water through social media. And she has worked with people such as Ellen DeGeneres or Prince. So I am incredibly intimidated <laughs> as well as incredibly excited to be talking with you today, Erica. Anything I've missed in my introduction? No, I, th- I think you covered it. I just, uh, I also clean up a lot of cat puke, you know, like... You have a lot of skills. Yeah, that's, that's my number one skill, probably. That's the most amazing. practiced thing that I do on a daily basis. <laughs> See, you learn something new every day about the people you know. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, Eric, I know there's a lot of different things that we're going to talk about because you are involved in so many awesome things. Mm-hmm. But I would like to start from you telling me a little bit more about what's it like to be a woman in business, especially mm-hmm. owning your own business now sure. and being in film. Yeah. And also you're very open and public on social media. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes that can be its own thing to yeah. be um, a woman on social media and Mm-hmm. It brings certain responses. So kind of, let's start from there. How does sure. that sound? Absolutely. So being a woman in film is um, pretty, <laughs> uh, chal- it can be challenging at times, definitely. Uh, most of my crew, in fact, all my crew except for one person is uh, cisgendered men. And they've been in the business for 30 plus years. And they're fantastic. They absolutely are wonderful and know what they're doing. Um but you know the the percentage of female directors in the business is in like the single digits you know for percentage wise so it's just not something that people are necessarily used to and that was very evident on um <laughs> my shoot with Ellen actually when um her one of her millions of assistants walks into the room right and um, walks up to my boss, a middle-aged cisgendered man, and said, um, oh, this is some of the best lighting I've seen, you know, or best, one of the best filming setups. We're so excited that you did this. And, and he had to be like, um, that was, that Erica's our executive producer today. Like, she was in charge of, like, mm-hmm. this setup. 
<laughs> you <laughs> did that. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then on top of that, like not just being a woman, but also being a overweight woman, where then, um, you know, people will talk to me like I'm stupid and they'll raise their voice. Like, do you understand? <laughs> like, you know, just because I'm fat, like, it doesn't mean that I <laughs> am an idiot. Yeah, exactly. You know? like, don't yeah. have to do your job. Or yeah. I become invisible, you know. Yeah. Um, and and um, that's happened before, not so much with my crew, but if I'm working, mm-hmm. I have other companies in town that'll hire me out to direct them. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, people that come in from other cities and uh, I'll be like, hey, we're going to do it this way. And they're like, mm, no, nah, I don't think that's a... And then one of my crew members will have to say, yeah, we should listen. We should listen, you know, to kind of like... Mm-hmm. And it, that kind of makes me mad that it has to take like someone from the opposite sex like standing up for my idea. Right? Yeah, that's just not okay. Yeah. Basically, it's like, oh, a man has said it. So now it right? must be okay. Right? Yeah. I know. I know. And I mean, there was even things at past jobs I've had where... You know, as a director, you want to learn everything um, just so that you can communicate with your crew better. And I remember saying, like, hey, I'd love to go to this lighting workshop that's coming up in town so I, you know, can speak the lingo better and I can and do that. And, and I remember my boss saying, yeah, let's just leave that up to the guys. Like, the guys can do that. Wow. And I was like, well, but, like, it would make me a better director to know how to do it. Like, I'm not saying that I need to do it all day, but, like, why wouldn't I want to learn the terminology? And, like, and, yeah. yeah, so it was, it was definitely frustrating. Definitely frustrating. I wonder, was that part of what motivated you to kind of start your own business eventually? Yeah, so starting my own business actually came from... Um, I'll be completely honest about that. Mm-hmm. I have not talked publicly about this much. So okay. um, it actually was... Um, because I was going through some harassment at a job that I was at. And um, my uh, mentor at the time slash therapist said, um, I I went to him and I was like, give me something, give me acupuncture, give me something, like, to make me calm down. And and he said, no, like, what you need is to quit, and Mm -hmm. I'll help you write a business plan because I think it's time, and that will be your treatment next week is after you quit, I'll help you write your business plan and we'll get you going. Which I thought was incredibly generous and a little pushy, but that's okay. <laughs> Sometimes we need that, right? Mm-hmm. And that was right after I had done my shoe with Prince and nearly puked on him. So, um, like, my imposter syndrome took over a big time. Mm-hmm. And especially being the only female in the room then as well and being pretty young. And... Uh, um, you know, I, he, Prince looked at some of my work and he was like shaking his head back and forth in the no direction, mm-hmm. like, you know, side to side. And, um, he said to our executive producer, who's a man, I thought you said that she shoots video. And I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do? I messed this up so bad. Like mm-hmm. my reputation's ruined. And, um, our executive producer was like, yeah, yeah, she shoots video. And he's like, from now on, tell people that you create art you don't shoot video and so it was like what then then I almost threw up on him again for a different reason because I was like (laughs) so excited you know and um that was just a really great lesson in imposter syndrome that like I really thought he was going to kick me out of his house and Mm -hmm. um that but it was just in all your art it was just some like validation and so Mm -hmm. that's why when I'm teaching workshops 
um, about video to people, I always say, like, don't wait for, like, a superstar to validate that you, like, can do this on your own. Like, you can, you know. Um, everybody can do it. It just takes believing in yourself, you know. So, yeah. Well, that probably helped a little to have Prince validate you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. That's an amazing memory. I it's mean, you know, amazing. may rest in power. I just love Prince, yes. and that could be all other episode about how yeah. is Prince's gender has yeah. been so influential for yeah. uh, for myself at least as mm-hmm. an eighties child. But yes, absolutely, I diverge. So um, you said a little bit about kind of partially kind of starting your own business was mm-hmm. because of the harassment that yeah. you were um, experiencing, and that harassment hasn't stopped you from being really outspoken about a range of things on social media, including your work. And um, I wonder if this could be a good segue into talking a little bit about what what is it like to be that outspoken Mm -hmm. and visible on social media? Yeah, so I think that it's a constant learning experience, uh, being outspoken and vulnerable. I speak mostly about being a sexual assault and rape survivor, um, and I kind of learned the hard way that I needed to start using more video to do that, because if I would post a paragraph of something, people would just assume I'm, like, on the verge of losing it, you know, and they would, like, send me all these worried messages. So I started using video while talking about... um, most things related to that just so people could see that like hey I'm holding it together I'm just being Mm -hmm. honest and putting this out there right now yeah so um and it's interesting because I think you and I talked about um it seems like it's very you know one one gender is the predator right like like that out there kind of right now and and that's what I always, growing up, that's what I thought, because that mm-hmm. was my experience as, you know, a young teenager, and, um, you know, my four of my assaults were, um, you know, cisgendered men, and I felt so safe, like, with any woman, mm-hmm. and, um, and then it was, a, and, and also was feeling safe because I was insulating my body by gaining weight, right, so almost erasing any gender just because I was becoming visible like invisible you know Mm -hmm. because people don't like to give fat people like eye contact for some reason it's like they're they're almost like ashamed you know Mm -hmm. like to do that and um so it it was kind of a wake-up call when at pretty much my heaviest weight um I was actually assaulted by a female and then it just like opened up this whole thing of like whoa, I was totally wrong and this can happen to anybody from anybody of any gender and Mm -hmm. of any, you know, um, and, you know, I, I don't want to say that that was like a great learning experience, obviously not, but it's definitely Mm -hmm. eye opening. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then just being a survivor online, um, you get criticized a lot and you get, Mm -hmm rape threats and death threats and because people are afraid of vulnerability for some reason Mm -hmm. (laughs) or like of hearing truth and um but the nice thing is to be surrounded by other survivors who are also very public about it so Mm -hmm. to have those people to lean on and to say hey this happened they're like yeah no whatever like you're good you know (laughs) 
so find that region community yeah yeah yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely did it impact your sense of safety in the world though because you said like you felt safe with other women before and then you were like this is no longer a guarantee which I would Absolutely. guess it's it's a real uh, shaking up of your world in a lot of ways yeah. and having to find your ground again, literally, in, mm-hmm. in a different way than yeah. from previous assaults. Absolutely. I um, became extremely agoraphobic after that happened. I didn't leave my house for ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, then, after doing some research, found out that that's pretty common for um, yeah. assault survivors. So... Um, it doesn't make it any easier. <laughs> um, and even now, when I get really stressed out about something, I find it coming up again. And it's it's something that I always... I'm not going to lie. I thought it was really weird when people would say, like, I'm agoraphobic and I'm afraid to go outside. I'd be like, what are you afraid of? What? Like, I would never say that to somebody's face, but I kind of would judge. Yeah. You know, I definitely mm-hmm. would judge internally. And now understanding that... Um, when you it's like you hit this force field like almost when you open the door you're like "Ah, it could happen again it could totally happen again if I step outside but in here I'm safe and I'm with my cats that are puking and I'm with like my (laughs) whatever you know I can deal with that um but yeah yeah so that's definitely a huge part of my life and trying to overcome that in therapy and um yeah yeah, and, and you're very open about that. I think May is Mental Health Awareness Day, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you've been really open in yeah. talking about kind of how you're impacted in mm-hmm. terms of your own mental health by those experiences, and and that really kind of dismant- dismantling of stigma, right? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. we often have this kind of weird uh, duality. Either mm-hmm. people are well and successful, sure. or they're kind of, you know, or they have mental health issues. Right. But you're like, no, you can be amazing and successful Mm -hmm. and also be really impacted by trauma because you're human absolutely I think that that's really important too because um you know when you're a lot of people when they're going through trauma if they're by themselves they don't know that and or they're thinking like I've just lost it like Mm -hmm. and to be able to say like hey I'm still making it like um but you know what that doesn't mean that I don't have a crap day every once yeah. in a while or a week or a month <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know and and that's okay because I'm surrounded by an army I feel like that's ready to help you know yeah. I love that and I wonder how much of that is about gender too because mm-hmm. often just um women being women or femmes you know mm-hmm. being femmes is like um unprofessional per se mm-hmm. anything that has to do with womanhood right sure. there was this uh, thing on twitter yesterday like two professors took their children uh, to a lecture because mm. daycare had closed unexpectedly yeah. and one of them in their feedback it was unprofessional and that are a great parent right now let's all guess the gender mm. of those professors right so literally being a mm. woman is already almost synonym with not being able to sure. be a professional for sure. some people and then kind of this being open mm. right mm. about mental health issues can be seen as a weakness which is sure. often Conflated with femininity again, and mm-hmm. I, I think you do this amazing job of showing that you're a multifaceted human, and that you should not be dismissed on the basis of your gender or your experiences or well, thank all you. of that. Which I is appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I think that um, it took a while to find my voice, and I still find that I'm that that evolves. You know, mm-hmm. depending on you know 
just the more you're in the space of activism, the more you're learning. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that if you're talking too much, you're not learning enough, you know? And, um, but I think that once you find it, you can stand up and go, listen, no, uh uh-uh, nope, Mm -hmm. mm mm-mm. Like, I can do my job, and I can cry all day on Saturday if I want to. (laughs) (laughs) And it doesn't make me any worse at my job. It just means that I am, or I can do my job and I can also go to therapy twice a month. Absolutely. Or twice a week or Mm -hmm. whatever I need. Um, And and I talked about that yesterday a little bit about um, this perception that that's weakness, like you said, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and that really it can be, it's, I look at it as a strength. Like if you're, it's hard to face your demons, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it takes work. Yes. <laughs> a lot of work. And um, and I think that's true for all genders, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's uh, something to be applauded, anyone who's just doing the work. I think yeah. it shows a lot of um, personal awareness. And I, I, Absolutely. And I know how intentional you are about taking up space, because mm-hmm. even... Today you were like, huh? I feel nervous even being on this podcast. Should I take up the space? And I was like, you should absolutely take up the space. You were like one of the first people I thought about when I started this podcast. Partially it was like, A, all the stories that are out there, but also the amazing array of community and folks and friends that have that have incredible stories like mm-hmm. like yours. And um, you talked a little bit about activism and one of you you do activism in lots of different ways, but one of the ways in which you've done this is also the um, this Facebook group, the Visual Diet Diversity mm. Facebook group, yeah. which I'm part of, and I know it's been really good for my own healing around good. body image, you know, um, I'm a survivor of various eating disorders, mm-hmm. as well as uh, living with complex PTSD that I've been mm-hmm. increasingly open about, partially because of your work and your yeah. openness, okay. and so I wonder if you could say a little bit about the work on the mm-hmm. visual diet diversity and how it started and sure. why you're doing it. Yeah, so um, I saw this incredible TED talk by Lillian Bussell, uh, where she talked briefly in the TED talk, it, it was mostly about her being um, a burlesque dancer, but yes. uh, briefly in the TED talk she touches on visual diet and how... Um, quote average whatever average means you know average size people um at the beginning of the study all said I like average size people you know that's what I'm attracted to and then over the course of I think it was three to six months um they were split into two groups and shown pictures of people who had a BMI of over 28 or um under 18 and at the end of the study, of course, we know what happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they swayed to whatever group they had been seeing um, those pictures of the most. Like, oh, I'm attracted to you know this person in like a lineup. Then, right? Mm-hmm. And so I sat back and um, thought, oh, you know what? I think intentionally, I could put more um, you know plus size models and stuff in my feed. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, um, maybe taking that a step further because we are afraid of what we don't see and afraid of what we don't understand, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's just a matter of seeing more than once something so that you understand it. And I talk talk, um, to my friend Noshina, um, who's president of RISE, always says, how can I be what I cannot see? Mm -hmm. And I I just love that. And so, like, the concept of seeing people 
um, no matter who you are, what gender identity or sexuality or religion or, um, you know, anything, um, or race, um, seeing people representative of things that you might be aspiring to is awesome. Mm -hmm. And it also helps us break down stereotypes. So I love to invite people in the visual diversity group to not only post pictures of people that they think like are plus models or, you know, or something, you know, like embracing their body well, but also just different journeys, you oh, know, yeah. it's so mm-hmm. great to see, um, you know, for example, I think we posted, um, uh, is it Damon is amazing? Is it? Oh yes. Damon is amazing. The child is like a drag queen. Yes. And it's, oh my God. And they are amazing. Amazing. Yes. amazing you know, yeah. and, and tells that entire story. And, and I mean, I think the other day I posted something about, it was like a picture of like eight, um, African American male doctors, you mm-hmm. know, cause it's like enough of us seeing, like these horrific, tragic, you know, like, mm-hmm. or gangbanger images yeah. that we get on movies. That's mm-hmm. all they're, the only way they're represented, you know? Yeah. And, um, being that, uh, especially aware of that now that my partner is African American, you mm-hmm. know, like that just makes it a little more sensitive. And, um, but yeah, I think that, I think, and, and I always pull information from, a couple different Muslim mm-hmm. sites, you know, like Muslim girl. Mm-hmm. And, and we, there was a great picture that we had the other day of like a Muslim woman in her hijab, like surfing. And oh, I was yes, like, that's that was so great. cool. You yeah. know? And, mm-hmm. and I think it just changes your perception of mm-hmm. like, um, yeah, of everyone. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what I love about that group is that there's such a broad range and there's like videos of like dancers of all mm-hmm. sizes and all genders. And, and all ages too. Like, ages, right? like, yeah. Um, older people and younger people. And, and it's really about kind of can we celebrate the fullness mm-hmm. of humanity because we are all so amazing and dominant cultures. Like, it's like it feeds us yeah. this weird... You have to be five, like ten and blonde and yeah. a woman. Like, yeah. to get attention. Right? Like, <laughs> like this tiny what? pill. And you're like, what? There's so yeah. much more. Like, yeah. I could have a full meal. Yeah. And you're giving me this, like, yeah, whatever it. it is. Yeah. yeah. And mm-hmm. it just... It, it, I think that it breeds this, like, shame in people. Because yes. we're not what we keep seeing, you know? Yeah. And I think the more we see quote, average people or, you know, like whatever. I've had a couple friends say to me, like, I didn't realize how, like, quote, normal I was until being a part of the group, (laughs) you know, like, like, not that there is anything called normal, but they're like, I I just thought that I was super overweight or I was super underachieving or I really wasn't pretty at all or I really wasn't handsome at all or, you know. Or I wasn't graceful. Dancers or, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And they're like, just after seeing that, you know, and and it's selfish. I I started it for a selfish reason because Mm -hmm. that's what really helped me in my journey of, you know, going from, I really want to be invisible. I really want to insulate and gain weight so that I'm not a target. And so I am invisible for predators. Mm back to okay how do I get some visibility in a safe way mm-hmm. that makes me not feel completely exposed but still makes me feel confident yeah you know so and yeah. and I think what that group does is really expand the norm you know when you said your friend said I feel normal it's because 
you know, the, if the normal is the norm, the norm is so much larger yeah. that yeah. we've been, you know, the lied norm about. Is everything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, the norm if, is everything. If it exists, it's mm-hmm. part of the norm, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think, um, and and I also am from a small rural town, mm-hmm. and and I love the opportunity to invite people like that into the conversation that way, which yes. is kind of a non. Uh, threatening way, mm-hmm. I guess I would say, of just mm-hmm. like some exposure, you know, mm-hmm. and um, it's yeah, it's it's definitely started a lot of conversations that, and I keep it, I keep the group secret. Well, not yeah. I keep it private for private, reason, yeah. because I don't want people to troll if yeah. someone posts a photo of themselves. Yeah. But but I approve pretty much anybody. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I do love that. It does feel like it's a fairly contained group. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's so not like not somebody trolling. posting their mm-hmm. business name, website scam thing, or trolling. You know, like, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and there's no like skinny shaming either. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah. And I, I love that about you that you have this diversity of tactics, right? That this group is very welcoming and kind of educational for some people, mm-hmm. right? And um, kind of more contained and not super public. But then you're also super public about certain things and you know very fierce and clear and loud and kind of softer about others and so you really have such a range in your work <laughs> I like to talk mm-hmm. you're good at it <laughs> shut up you know like mm-hmm. yeah no and um Again, I think that's why I default to video or podcast a lot of the time because no matter what our um, mood, I think we can always read things in the mood that we are in that day. Mm-hmm. And if it, especially if it's some sort of social justice or whatever, we can read it in a defensive way mm-hmm. or we can read it in an open-hearted way. Yeah. And you almost take someone's choice away when you are get, lending it your own voice because mm-hmm. you're like hey this is my voice this is how I'm saying it I'm I'm trying to say that it's really approachable mm-hmm. let's all join in it's cool instead of like I'm really angry about whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't get me wrong like anger has a place for yeah, sure absolutely. it's not like that there's right or wrong it's just mm-hmm. like Oh, I want to control it that day, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, and you want to put your message out the way you want to put it out, and mm-hmm. and knowing that it changes from day to day for sure, absolutely, yeah. and there's power in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely done videos where I'm like bawling, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like today sucks, like mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, um, and. And that has a place too. <laughs> yeah, and called out things that are not okay. Yeah, which is great. Which yeah. is which is interesting because I'll get messages from people, professionals in the industry, mm-hmm. and they'll be like, "Don't you think you might want to take that down?" And my answer is almost always, "If you really think that some company is not going to work with me because mm-hmm. I was crying about being raped, like then bye bye." Yeah. to that company <laughs> like then really okay. do not like work I'm with them. good yeah. like you know you've got enough work <laughs> yeah like yeah. I think we're good we're, we're okay yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah but yeah and that's amazing and talking about amazing you do all the things and is there anything I haven't asked you about or any upcoming project that you're excited about yeah. or anything we haven't touched on that you're like I really wish you were going to ask me about this Alex oh no um I mean I guess I'm doing more speaking on more like keynote speaking lately Mm -hmm. which which has been super fun and um 
you know, doing more speaking that's, uh, I mean, I still do the educational stuff mm-hmm. about video, which I love, and those light bulb moments are freaking fun, you know, mm-hmm. um, but then doing more keynote speaking about imposter syndrome and uh, confidence, and um, I just wrapped up a talk at a summit called How to Use Your Voice to Get Shit Done, nice. and and that was super fun, and and. I love the inclusive atmosphere there, and um, so yeah, I'm looking to do more of that. It's it's very fulfilling, and selfishly, it's very fulfilling. And you're <laughs> yeah. awesome at it. <laughs> I think yeah. it's wonderful, and you've just yeah, and you've created this for yourself, and that's amazing. And you're only in your thirties, like you know, <laughs> listeners can see you, but just so you know, um, yeah. Exactly. You've done all of this in kind of a relative amount, short amount of time, yeah. time, which is amazing. Well, yeah. I'm still learning, and I think that, you know, oftentimes, I, I think you can speak to you, I'm like, Alex, I don't know. I'm not sure how I'm supposed to say this, like, you know, gender-wise or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't, I just want to make sure that I'm being aware. Like, help me. <laughs> and you're always so awesome. When you ask those questions, I'm like, you're good. You're on point. Here's, okay. like, I'm what like, I can I share. Know, like, yeah. You know, I just want to make sure that um, being being aware, you know, yeah. is, is more the the point I guess so, yeah. yeah and and you lift people up which is what I really love about a lot of folks that are my friends or I'm community with that we lift each other up like mm-hmm. just yesterday you connected me with another podcaster oh, yeah. Sean the armchair philosopher and now yeah. I'm like all excited about that connection <laughs> yeah. so you should check out his podcast too yeah. and um, you know there's just so much work to do in the world and so much room for so many voices and <sighs> That you're so expansive in your work. I love that about oh. you. Well, I think there's room for everybody. Yeah. You know, like I, I just always think that. And anytime I am asked about a competitor or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, it's always like, well, we all do things like our yeah. own way. You yeah. know, I mean, there's room for everyone. Yeah, there's so <laughs> much know, work like, in the world. Yeah, yeah, there's so much work, and, and it'll it'll all work out (laughs) yeah especially in activism absolutely yeah so if people wanted to find out more about what you do Mm -hmm. and your work um what's the best way for them to find out more about you or your work or your company so pukerainbows.com um and then i have an email newsletter that goes out and um man i've been bad about that lately i just realized it's really good though (laughs) i i I get it and i love your email newsletter (laughs) thank you (laughs) and the other ways um yeah twitter i like obsess about and live on twitter what's your twitter handle um it's at meet erica like nice to meet you not like red meat like yeah and um which is like the weirdest award i think like to get awarded twitter person of the year because i think that all it really says is like oh you have really good nickelback jokes and cat (laughs) photos and good for you for being addicted to the internet like that's what i feel like you know (laughs) but it's kind of nice and you do have really good cat photos I've got three of them. So oh my gosh, there you go. crazy cat lady. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And, you know, 
I really appreciate who you are in the world in kind of every way. Oh. And so, yes, if you're interested in finding out more about Erica, you know, head over to pukerainbows.com on Twitter, at me, Erica. And if you're interested in finding out more about gender in generally, mm-hmm. you can pick up the awesome book that, yes, this is the self-promotion part Yay. that Meg John Barker and I have written, How to Understand Your Gender, a Practical Guide for Exploring Who You Are, by Jessica Kingsley, who also has an amazing gender diversity list so you should also check out their gender diversity list in general and until then keep enjoying your gender and i will see you for the next episode thank you